Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we thank you oh so much for the blessed opportunity you've given us to gather in your house and to study your word. Help us now as we continue our studies through the book of Job. As we pray in Jesus' precious holy name, amen. We continue our studies here in the chronological study of the Bible, the timeline study you might call it. And we're in the book of Job, chapter 10. Now in chapter 9 we see Job answering one of his friends who had not been very supportive. And then in chapter 10 he picks up with this response. He said, My soul is weary of my life. I will leave my complaint upon myself. I will speak in the bitterness of my soul. I will say unto God, Do not condemn me. Show me wherefore thou contendest with me. It is good unto thee that thou shouldest oppress, that thou shouldest despise the work of thine hands, and shine upon the counsel of the wicked. Hast thou eyes of flesh, or seest thou as man seeth? Are thy days as the days of man? Are thy years as man's days? That thou inquirest after mine iniquity, and searchest after my sin? Of course, he's speaking to the Lord here openly so that his friends may hear him. But he's speaking to the Lord. Basically, why, Lord, why is this happening to me? And acknowledging that the Lord has control and power over everything. Verse 7, Thou knowest that I am not wicked, and there is none that can deliver out of thine hand. Thine hands have made me and fashioned me together round about, yet thou dost destroy me. Remember, I beseech thee, that thou hast made me as the clay, and wilt thou bring me into dust again? Hast thou not poured me out as milk, and curdled me like cheese? Thou hast clothed me with skin and flesh, and hast fenced me with bones and sinews. Thou hast granted me life and favor, and thy visitation hath preserved my spirit. And these things hast thou hid in thine heart. I know that this is with thee. If I sin, then thou markest me, and thou wilt not equip me from mine iniquity. If I be wicked, woe unto me, and if I be righteous, yet will I not lift up my head. I am full of confusion. Therefore see thou mine affliction. That verse 15 there, the second part of that, is clearly what Job is going through, where he says, I am full of confusion. Therefore, see thou my affliction? For it increaseth. Thou huntest me as a fierce lion, and again thou showest thyself marvelous upon me. Thou renewest thy witnesses against me, and increaseth thine indignation upon me. Changes in war are against me. Wherefore then hast thou brought me forth out of the womb? Now once again we see, why was I even born? This attitude that he has. Oh, that I had given up the ghost, and no eye had seen me. I should have been as though I had not been. I should have been carried from the womb to the grave. Are not my days few? Cease then, and let me alone, that I may take comfort a little. Before I go whence I shall not return, even to the land of darkness and the shadow of death. 
a land of darkness as darkness itself and of the shadow of death without any order and where the light is as darkness. Once again, just hoping and wishing that he would just go on and die because of his suffering and because of his confusion. He don't know why this has come upon him. And then we see a response of one of his so-called friends in chapter 11. Then answered Zophar, the Namathite, and said, Should not the multitude of words be answered? And should a man full of talk be justified? Should thy lies make men hold their peace? See here he's flat out calling Job a liar. Because Job said that he was not wicked and Zophar saying that you're lying because this wouldn't happen to you if you wasn't wicked. And when thou mockest, shall no man make thee ashamed? For thou hast said, My doctrine is pure, and I am clean in thine eyes. But oh, that God would speak and open his lips against thee, and that he would show thee the secrets of wisdom, that they are double to that which is. Know therefore that God exacteth of thee less than thine iniquity deserveth. Now he's saying, you're not even getting what you deserve. You're so evil. Canst thou by searching find out God? Canst thou find out the Almighty unto perfection? It is as high as heaven. What canst thou do? Deeper than hell. What canst thou know? The measure thereof is longer than the earth and border than the sea. If he cut off and shut up or gather together, then who can hinder him? For he knoweth vain men, he seeth wickedness also. Will he not then consider it? For vain man would be wise, though man be born like a wild ass's cult. I, I, if, hmm, verse 13. If thou prepare thine heart and search out thine hands toward him, if iniquity be in thine hand, put it far away, and let not wickedness dwell in thy tabernacles. See, the confusing thing that people find when they read some of these responses or these statements from Job's friends is some of the things they say are accurate and true in the proper context when properly applied. But they are misapplying some of these principles, some of these truths, and twisting them around and falsely accusing Job and not truly understanding and trying to step in and say that they're speaking in authority as if God had told them to do this which was their error as he continues verse 14 again if iniquity be in thine hand put it far away which is good advice for all of us and let not wickedness dwell in thy tabernacles for then shalt thou lift up thy face without spot Yea, thou shalt be steadfast, and shalt not fear. Because thou shalt forget thy misery, and remember it as waters that pass away. See here he's saying, if, if Job would confess his sins, to acknowledge his sins, confess his sins, then all of his misery would go away. And thine age shall be clearer than the noonday. Thou shalt 
shine forth, thou shalt be as the morning, and thou shalt be secure, because there is hope. Yea, thou shalt dig about thee, and thou shalt take the rest in safety. Also thou shalt lie down, and none shall make thee afraid. Yea, many shall make suit unto thee, but the eyes of the wicked shall fail, and they shall not escape, and their hope shall be as the giving up of the ghost. Now we see Job's response to Zophar. And Job, in verse 12, And Job answered and said, No doubt, but ye are the people, and wisdom shall die with you. But I have understanding as well as you. I am not inferior to you. Yea, who knoweth not such things as these? He's like, you're not telling me anything I don't already know. Which was clear. Job understood this. But he knew that there was nothing been revealed to him that he was doing that was wicked that needed to be taken care of. Verse 4, I am as one mocked of, the, of his neighbor who calleth upon God, and he answereth him, The just upright man is laughed to scorn. He that is ready to slip with his feet is as a lamp despised in the thought of him that is at ease. The tabernacles of robbers prosper, and they that provoke God are secure, and to whose hand God bringeth abundantly. But ask now the beast, and they shall teach thee, and the fowls of the air, and they shall tell thee. Or speak to the earth, and it shall teach thee, and the fishes of the sea shall declare unto thee. Who knoweth not in all these that the hand of the Lord hath wrought this? Interesting way that he's putting it here, just like we see over in Romans where all of creation actually declares the presence of God and the existence of the Holy Trinity. And here he's making that statement that you can see in God's creation the existence of God and the power and authority and the control of God. Verse 10, In whose hand is the soul of every living thing, and the breath of all mankind. Every single breath that we have is a gift from the Lord. All life is in existence because of the Lord. And He holds it in existence. Verse 11. Does not the ear try words, and the mouth taste is meat? With the ancient is wisdom, and in length of days understanding. With him is wisdom and strength. He hath counsel and understanding. Behold, he breaketh down, and it cannot be built again. He shutteth up a man, and there can no be no opening. Behold, he withholdeth the waters, and they dry up. Also he sendeth them out, and they overturn the earth. Speaking of the power of God and the control of God, even in all of his creation. With him is strength and wisdom. The deceived and the deceiver are his. He leadeth counselors away spoiled, and maketh the judges fools. He looseth the bond of kings, and girdeth their loins with a girdle. He leadeth princes away spoiled, and overwhelmeth the mighty. Here we see how the Lord is even involved in and controlling the leaders of the world the governmental systems of the world. 
as it continues, He removeth away the speech of the, the trusty and taketh away the understanding of the aged. He poureth contempt upon princes and weakeneth the strength of the mighty. He discovereth the deep things out of darkness and bringeth out to light the shadow of death. He increaseth the nations and destroyeth them. He enlargeth the nations and stretcheth them again. Once again, in control of the nations. He taketh away the heart of the chief of the people of the earth and causeth them to wander in a wilderness where there is no way. They grope in the dark without light, and he maketh them to stagger like a drunken man. Right on into chapter 13, he continues to respond. Lo, mine eye hath seen all this, mine ear hath heard and understood it. What ye know, the same do I know also. I am not inferior unto you. Surely I would speak to the Almighty, and I desire to reason with God. But ye are forgers of lies. Ye are all physicians of no value. Speaking to his friends, that they are just lifting up lies, that they, they're proclaiming that they're there to help, but they are not. Oh, that ye would altogether hold your peace, and it should be your wisdom. Hear now my reasoning, and hearken to the pleadings of my lips. Will ye speak wickedly for God? And see, that's part of what they're doing. They're trying to step in and speak for God, which is not for anyone to do. Verse 7 again. Will ye speak wickedly for God, and talk deceitfully for Him? Will ye accept His person? Will ye contend for God? It is good that he should search you out. Or as one man mocketh another, do ye so mock him? He will surely reprove you if ye do secretly accept persons. Shall not his excellency make you afraid and his dread fall upon you? Your remembrances are like unto ashes, your bodies to bodies of clay. Hold your peace. Let me alone and I will speak. And let Come on me what will. See, he's been telling them here that basically what the Lord teaches us about not judging others. See, they're not judging in a proper way. They're not evaluating what that can be seen and what he has done. They are condemning him in that judgmental way. And that is only for the Lord to do, no one else. Verse 14, Wherefore do I take my flesh in my teeth and put my life in mine hand? Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him, but I will maintain mine own ways before him. Verse 15 is a profound statement of Job's attitude and a good testimony in his trust in the Lord. Because he clearly says, Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. There's not many people that could go through the things even close to what Job has gone through and still trust the Lord totally all through it, not understanding and not really knowing why any hardships come upon them. They can look at their lives. They can study their lives. What have I done? What have I done to deserve this suffering? And then they can't find anything, and then they turn against God. I hear that and see that so many times. But here we see the attitude that everyone should have when they're going through something they really can't understand. They really don't know why it's there. Just trust in the Lord and hang on for it all. 
as he clearly says there in verse 15, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him, but I will maintain mine own ways before him. He also shall be my salvation, for an hypocrite shall not come before him. Hear diligently my speech and my declaration with your ears. Behold now, I have ordered my cause. I know that I shall be justified. Who is he that will plead with me? For now, if I hold my tongue, I shall give up the ghost. Only do not two things unto me, then will I not hide myself from thee. Withdraw thine hand far from me, and let thy dread make me afraid. Then call thou, and I will answer, or let me speak, and answer thou me. How many are mine iniquities and sins? Like, alright, you all saying I'm a filthy sinner? What are you seeing? What have I done? Make me to know my transgression and my sin. Wherefore hidest thou my thy verse twenty four? Wherefore hidest thou thy face and holdest me for thine enemy? Wilt thou break a leaf driven to and fro, and wilt thou pursue the dry stubble? For thou writest bitter things against me, and makest me to possess the iniquities of mine youth. Thou puttest my feet also in the stocks, and lookest narrowly unto all my paths. Thou settest a print upon the heels of my feet. And he as a rotten thing consumeth, as a garment that is moth-eaten. Right into 14. Man that is born of woman is of few days, and full of trouble. He cometh forth like a flower, and is cut down. He fleeth also as a shadow, and continueth not. It's like James talks about how our life is just a vapor, just here and gone, just here for a flash. And dost thou open thine eyes upon such an one, and bringest me into judgment with thee? Who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean? Not one. Seeing his days are determined, the number of his months are with thee. Thou hast appointed his bounds that he cannot pass. Turn from him that he may rest till he shall accomplish as an hireling his day. For there is hope of a tree if it be cut down that it will sprout again and that the tender branch thereof will not cease. Though the root thereof wax old in the earth, and the stock thereof die in the ground. Yet through the scent of water it will bud, and bring forth boughs like a plant. But man dieth and wasteth away. Yea, man giveth up the ghost, and where is he? As the waters fail from the sea, and the flood decayeth and drieth up, so man lieth down and riseth not. Till the heavens be no more, they shall not awake, nor be raised out of their sleep. Oh, that thou wouldest hide me in the grave, that thou wouldest keep me secret until thy wrath be past, that thou wouldest appoint me a set time and remember me. If a man die, shall he live again? All the days of mine appointed time will I wait 
till my change come. This question here, if a man dies, shall he live again? Is a question that Job is asking. We of today know that the Lord has provided a way of a way of resurrection, a way to be born again spiritually, and also looking forward to being granted a gracious gift of a glorified body that we will enjoy for eternity. So we will live again because of the finished work of Jesus Christ. Job here is asking about that very thing. Then further, Thou shalt call, and I will answer thee. Thou wilt have a desire to the, to the work of thine hands. For now thou numberest my steps. Dost thou not watch over my sin? My transgression is sealed up in a bag, and thou sowest up mine iniquity. And surely the mountain falling cometh to naught, and the rock is removed out of his place. The waters wear the stones. Thou washest away the things which grow out of the dust of the earth, and thou destroyest the hope of man. Thou prevailest forever against him, and he passeth. Thou changest his countenance, and sendeth him away. His sons come to honor, and he knoweth it not. They are brought low, but he perceiveth it not of them. But his flesh upon him shall have pain, and his soul within him shall mourn. All right, now we see a response from Eliphaz in chapter 15. Then answered Eliphaz the Temanite and said, Should a wise man utter vain knowledge and fill his belly with the east wind? Should he reason with unprofitable talk or with speeches wherewith he can do no good? Thou castest off fear and restraineth prayer before God. For thy mouth uttereth thine iniquity, and thou chooseth the tongue of the crafty. Thine own mouth condemneth thee, and not I, yea, thine own lips testify against thee. See here again these accusations coming from his so-called friends. Art thou the first man that was born, or wast thou made before the hills? Hast thou heard the secret of God, and dost thou restrain wisdom and retain wisdom to thyself? What knowest thou that we know not? What understandest thou which is not in us? With us are both the gray-headed and very aged men, much elder than thy father. Are the consolations of God small with thee? Is there any secret thing with thee? Why doth thine heart carry thee away, and what do thine eyes wink at, that thou turnest thy spirit against God? See, here he's saying that Job has turned his spirit against God. But Job hasn't done that, because clearly what he said over there in, in verse 15, where he was talking about how he trusted in the Lord, where he said, Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. He's not speaking against the Lord, but here Eliphaz is falsely accusing him of doing such a thing. Verse 13 again, That thou turnest thy spirit against God, and lettest such words go out of thy mouth. What is man that he should be clean, and he which is born of a woman that he should be righteous? 
Behold, he putteth no trust in his saints, yea, the heavens are not clean in his sight. How much more abominable and filthy is man, which drinketh iniquity like water. I will show thee, hear me, and I and that which I have seen I will declare. Which wise men have told from their fathers and have not hid it? Unto whom alone the earth was given, and no stranger passed among them. The wicked man travaileth with pain all his days, and the number of years is hidden to the oppressor. A dreadful sound is in his ears. In prosperity the destroyer shall come upon him. He believeth not that he shall return unto the darkness, and he is waited for of the sword. He wandereth abroad for bread, saying, Where is it? He knoweth that the day of darkness is ready at his hand. Trouble and anguish shall make him afraid. They shall prevail against him as a king ready to the battle. Now see, he's saying here that the people that are in pain, that are suffering, that are oppressed, that that's because they're evil. For he stretcheth out his hand against God and strengtheneth himself against the Almighty. This is talking about the wicked people. He runneth upon him, even on his neck, upon the thick bosses of his bucklers, because he covereth his face with his fatness, and maketh collops of fat on his flanks. And he dwelleth in desolate cities, and in his houses which no man inhabiteth, which are ready to become heaps. He shall not be rich, neither shall his substance continue, neither shall he prolong the perfection thereof upon the earth. He shall not depart out of darkness. The flame shall dry up his branches, and by the breath of his mouth shall he go away. Let not him that is deceived trust in vanity, for vanity shall be his recompense. It shall be accomplished before his time, and his branch shall not be green. He shall shake off his unripe grapes as the vine, and shall cast off his flower as the olive. For the congregation of hypocrites shall be desolate, and fire shall consume the tabernacles of bribery. They conceive mischief, and bring forth vanity, and their belly prepareth deceit. See, here he's saying that all these hardships will come upon someone who is evil. He's not recognizing the fact that there are great blessings that come upon even evil people. The Lord is gracious, and He'll help folks that don't deserve it. And there are people that are blessed, you might say, or have benefit in their evil works that have achieved great mountains of wealth, but they have gotten that by their evil ways, and they may even be blessed with health, but yet they're not righteous. So you can see the errors of these so-called friends. It's not always so cut and dry when we see something to know exactly what's going on, whether it is because someone deserves this punishment upon them, or whether there's another purpose or cause for it. 
as we learn, as we go through this whole thing, we're seeing this, how the first response of his friends was, this is something come upon you because you deserved it. And if you got what you deserved, it'd even be worse than what you're going through already. And they even claimed that his children were sinners is the reason that they had died as well. So falsely accusing him and condemning him in that judgmental way. Let's pray. Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we truly thank you for the grace that you pour upon us each and every day and the blessed opportunity to be able to get into your word to find more and more understanding. Help us always have that burning desire to dig in there to find that message you want us to receive and encourage us to share that with others as well as we see the sufferings of those around us and the sufferings that we go through so that we can respond in the correct way. We thank you oh so much for all of it as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. <laughs>